Hi guys, I'm Ariana and I'm the founder of One Story. One Story is a conversational series that aims to unite our community by inviting those around us to share their unique story. Through differences and similarities in our stories, we hope to illustrate that each person has an equally valid and meaningful story to share and foster an environment of hope, open-mindedness, and positivity. In part seven, you'll hear from Ebenine. Growing up in Haiti, Ebenine Poultra's father Jean placed a love of music within her. Jean's love of music was so strong that when cancer claimed his life in 2012, Ebenine knew that she would one day become a music teacher and ultimately a singer. Her work towards becoming a singer brought her to Grove City College in the fall of 2020, where she experienced novel obstacles, obstacles that never presented themselves in Haiti. In part seven, Ebenine will speak on moving forward after loss, trusting in yourself, what it feels like to belong, and what it means to be strong. Thanks for listening. about 
how, or who he was and how he inspired you um, to, to pursue music? Wow. <laughs> okay, so my dad, he was a great musician. And I think it was a gift from God because he never really learned anything. But he wasn't like a normal person, like you would say, because he went through a lot. And I remember like there's that story that he came, like he just wanted to pray for somebody, I don't know, um, around the palace or stuff like this. And stuff will happen, and like a little thing that he will say will happen. Like I remember like when we, because I've been to an, to an earthquake in Haiti in 2010, and I remember the, it was a Monday, and we were talking because the sky was like, it was so dark. And my mom was like, I don't know, is there a hurricane? Because in Haiti there's a lot of hurricane. And he was like, ah, you never know, it might be an earthquake like this, just like this. And he would say like, say little stuff, but they count like so much. And a lot of things that he said happened. And through his music too, there's a lot of things he writes about like, I don't know, it's just crazy. Everyone didn't, sometimes they think that he was a fool too. Because when he's church, sometimes like he got rejected by his church when he was in, countries, in the countryside. Because there's a lot of things that he was saying, the people think, oh, you're just crazy. But they realize that like after a long period of time, but still, you know. But yeah, my dad was really interesting. I love him a lot. And yeah, so before he died, because he got cancer in 2012, and he died in Cuba because he had to take like, yeah, go take um, medicine and stuff like this. So um, before he died, I remember he wrote prayers and songs like this. And my mom told me before he died, he told that I will be a musician, and he doesn't know like how it, how will it, like it will happen, mm -hmm. but he believed that I will be, and I just just like I should pursue my dream and be a singer. So, I don't know. And I think that word stayed like, just stay on my mind and stay on my heart. And there's a lot of things that I have to work on, but I know I'll go where I want to be. Yeah. Wow. Um, so my next question was gonna be, did he ever write music? Which where I answered that. So how, how much did he write? How frequently? About what? Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's a lot. So actually, I bring one of these pieces and you can smell it. It's like old. It's literally one of like 1982. Wait, you like brought it today? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's a piece. It's like you can even see the rest of the song, but I'm just gonna try to be fast. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's my dad. Oh. And that's one of the. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's wow. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. That's an interesting song, actually. And, yeah. So, That's yeah. amazing that you still have that. I, yeah, there's a lot of them. That's the 23rd song. He writes a lot of them, and every time you write them, he put numbers on them, like one, two, three, four, five. So there's a lot of them. We have a, like, a little bibliothèque on like our, like our house, and yeah. it's full of his songs, so there's a lot of them. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously you still have a lot of his music either with you or just in your family. Yeah. Um, do you ever like feel his presence or, or hear his voice when you engage with his music? Oh my gosh, yeah. I, it's not like, I don't want to sound crazy, but like, oh, I hear his voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like this. But it's like, 
a lot of time because he was a Haitian singer and you can still hear him like on the radio but it's Christian song but the thing is like he said he didn't want to be famous and he always said everything that he does he does it for the glory of God and that really it's I don't know it was crazy because I remember he never do any concert I can't remember one time he made concert and every time they ask him you know you're singing you should do something for money but he was like, no, God is talking to me, but it's not the way that he talks to me. If I'm talking to someone, I'm not gonna make him pay for the gospel. So he was like, he was living in a whole different planet. Because even sometimes, my mom would be like, you know we have to take care of like people and stuff like this and us. And it would be like, God will take care of you. I have to do my job, so, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, so, you were involved in a Haitian choir. Yes. Um, and I imagine your father had a considerable role in your joining um, mm -hmm. that choir in the first place. Um, and it was through that choir that you came to the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, for the first time. Yes. Um, and then obviously you ended up staying here for school. Um, and so I wonder if you could share a bit about um, your journey here, like to Grove City College, and um, just ultimately how you um, ended up here or, or chose to end up here. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, okay, so I began to sing at my church because I didn't know what to do, actually, because they didn't have, like, a lot of things that we have in America. Some people just be like, oh, I'm living in America. They complain a lot, but they don't realize a lot of things that they have. Like, I could be a better musician if I had the thing that they have. Like, in Haiti, like, I couldn't, I was in a band playing flute. Like, it was horrible. Because sometimes you couldn't even have them because some other children want to use them. Or sometimes we have to memorize. That's why I'm just doing sometimes. I don't even read the music. I have to memorize it so I can do it. I was like, it was such a bad learning sometimes. It was really hard. And sometimes I can't even go to school because there was gang stuff. So it was horrible. And I don't know. Yeah, so after that, I was singing at my church. And there was a missionary. They come to Haiti and they were like, like taking children from Haiti like because they think that Haitian doesn't have a lot but they're always happy and there's not a lot of suicidal weights in Haiti really like comparing to America and they have a lot but we don't so how do we survive and I think we have a lot of missionaries but you think that the idea was like to go to America and show them that we can still be alive be having a lot of like like struggle and she, one of the pastors of my church, I was singing a lot, and he was like, I think you can go to the choir, choir, and you know, audition for it. So I went there, and they took me in, and I began to sing like in the U.S. and like a lot of state. We we do it for a month, and we have twenty seven concert. Wow. Every, yeah, every month, like, so it was like every year we go and we do that, and one day like. I never tell people about my dream. Like this is what my dad, why my dad is so important to me. I never tell people like I wanna be this, that, that. But one day, like the director come to me and was like, I think God is spoken to me and he want me to take over the choir. And I was like, um, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> and she was like, I'm gonna talk to your mom. And they actually go and talk to my mom and was like, my mom was like, no, I don't think God is saying that. So no. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was in my sophomore year in high school. 
So that no was like a no. Yeah. So I went to high school and do sophomore year and junior year and stuff like this. And after that, I was like, I was really mad at my mom because I'm like, mom, sure. <laughs> that's my dream. Yeah. And this is that what dad wanted, but it's like she was like, no, that's not that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And after that, in my senior year, I remember like I was complaining. I I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And my mom was like, you can be a, like go to business or do you love to talk a lot? You do talk a lot. But people don't see that because they don't know me. But she was like, you can do a lawyer or something. Like that. And I was like, no. And I remember like I have another like a journal, but it's one of my friends, one of my closest friends. I was friends like with him, and I was like, I wanna sing. This yeah. is what I want to do. And he didn't believe me. He was like. Why would you want to do that? Haitians are suffering and stuff like this. And you have like find something to do else, find something that is like important, mm -hmm. something that you can help your country with. I was like, I know I can help my country with singing too. It was something I feel like I should do. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna do it. And so he was like, I don't know what's gonna happen. And he woke up that friendship because of that. Because he think that I wasn't. Wow. I didn't want to be something. I didn't want to do wow. something with my life. So, um, and after that, senior year, I received a letter, a letter from my ministry, like the same people, and they were like, we feel that dad won that. And also, we were like, okay, we're gonna do it. So my mom was like, okay, I prayed, and I feel like God is saying yes. And actually, I got my visa on Friday, on Saturday, I just flew to the US. It was. It wow. So fast. Yeah. And because like when I tell my mom that she was like, No, you're not going anywhere, I was like, Yes, I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, Okay. So yeah, and I came to America and I had to learn English because in two thousand nineteen I just I was losing sign language. Because <laughs> like water and stuff like this. <laughs> I didn't speak English at all. So I went to a school um in Maine, so I learned English for a semester. Okay. And my sponsor was so excited. You're was a like, quick learner, it only took a semester? Yes, wow. and I was living with people that speak French, like, okay. uh, speak English yeah. too, so it's fine, you know. And he was like, oh, you should go to school. So we went to, I went to another school, a previous school in Indiana, a Christian school, but I applied here actually. Okay. But yeah, that, I don't know, that went like, they accepted me first, so I went there, and that was pretty much how I ended up mm -hmm. to America. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you want me to tell about the trends came out of that now. The the what? The trends and how I get oh, um, here. Well, that'll actually come into this question. Okay. So um, when we talked a few weeks ago and mm -hmm. even before that, you described to me your childhood, and it became apparent that you didn't exactly have the easiest uh, childhood. Uh, no. um, and just so people understand, like, how literally brave you are, can you explain, um, or just, I guess, share a bit about your high school experience and then the transcript thing and how that all played into your, end of your ultimately coming here? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so I was in a high school where um, it was a beautiful campus. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, it was beautiful. And there was, like, I don't know, there was joy in the campus. But we were surrounded by gangs. So, I don't know, I, I can't, if you ask me something I learned at school, it's to be a survival, because that's all I can remember. And the school I was in, 
sometimes we skip school. We couldn't really go to school because gang just like went in the school and like like do whatever they wanted. And I remember that day they were shooting a lot. There was a lot of shooting and gangs entered the school and they literally killed our guardian. There was a student who died that day. And you can it was terrible. Now I feel like I'm saying it sometimes really like you're not even crying, but it's I don't know. Sometimes I I can't really it's like express myself. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of hard. But it was like and sometimes I'll go like to school and I'll see a lot of people like dead bodies on the world. What happened? And so they shoot them and stuff like this. So it was it was terrible. Like imagine like when I come to America, like some of the class I'm taking here, they were like um, this is how students learn, they have to be in an environment and like this, this. They're like telling you how the good things are and I was like, gosh, I didn't have any of that. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I really can't. It, it was terrible. And like, even studying, studying, you could be studying and hearing those gunshots. You can't really study. Sometimes you're not cry. And I remember that day, one of my friends, she was like, I can't run in that situation. And the teacher was like, okay, so what are you gonna do? You're gonna skip? Because everywhere you go, you'll be like this. You can't do anything, you just sit and learn like this. It was, it was just that. So I don't know. It's, there's a lot, of, a lot more to that. But yeah, that's all I can say. It wasn't the greatest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so just for some background, we actually met through one story. Mm -hmm. um, which for the record is like one of the best parts of doing this, like meeting new people. But um, I emailed you like randomly because I went through the sign up sheets one day um, and I found that you had signed up within the first like five spots for all of the episodes. And so I just wanted to reach out and say thanks um, and ask if I could meet you. And then we met up. Um, and I think about that night a lot because it was such um, an enlightening and for me at least an enjoyable conversation. Um, and you said something that night that I've thought about literally every day since and will never forget. Um, you said, I don't get the quote wrong, but you said, um, Ariana, I value my Christian faith above all other parts of my life, but I only feel welcomed by people who aren't Christians. Mm -hmm. um, and I, that's unacceptable and, and needs to be addressed. So do you mind elaborating a little bit on, on those feelings? Yeah. Um, all I can say is, like, I don't know, like, it's really hard to really say why is that because you don't really know what people think and you cannot judge. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, like, but it's more related to who I am and my culture and knowing that I'm a black woman too, you know? So when I approach someone that is Christian, they tend to not ignore, like trying to ignore who I am and think that, okay, we are Christian and that's all. But this is not what the Bible says. You have to see color. You have to see my blackness. You have to see the fact that I'm from another culture and it was hard for me too. And you have to take all of that and love me for the way I am. But it's like trying, like every time you talk to them, sometimes it's really hard to like help them know that I am different. Like, but it's a, like, I mean, you are different. I mean, I can't say that you're black. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> 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 Oh my God. But it's like, but the thing is, a lot of non-Christian people, they tend to understand that and, was, and like show you that, you know, you're different, mm -hmm. but we'll treat you equally and we love you equally. Too. Yeah. I, I'm not saying Christian doesn't do that, right, right. but they tend to like hide or 
try not to talk about it or like just saying, oh, I don't want to hurt you. But you're hurting me when you're doing this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. It's all I can say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that night you also shared with me that you had um, someone here, I don't know who it was, but they looked at you and said that this was a conservative school. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and so we don't need to worry about minorities, um, mm -hmm. especially black people, mm -hmm. which is, again, unacceptable to mm -hmm. say the least. Um, so I'm wondering, um, you know, you're in a new place, um, mm -hmm. being incredibly brave, leaving your family there, what, 1,500 miles away, something like that? Um, and you hear that. Yeah. Um, so I just wonder, A, how did that make you feel? Um, and B, what do you wish that they knew about you and, and in your experience? Yeah. So I think the, the person that said that, it's a really good person, and he's not racist. I don't, I'm not the kind of person that everybody's racist, yeah. no. Because I think it's just like, they don't know or they're kind of, I'm not gonna say ignorant, but kinda. Because the thing is, we were talking, and I was like, he was like, um, what do you like about Gulf City and what you don't like about it? I was like, Gulf City's a great school, and it's, I love it here, but sometimes I don't, but you know, why? And he was like, why? I was like, I don't know. I just hope there was like more diversity. Because I feel more welcome. And yeah. I've talked to people, you know, that looks like me, kind of. Yeah. And he was like, ah, I understand. But you know, go see is a conservative school. And having black people, black people, it will be like, you know, kind of being in the legal side because of this, that. And I was like, really? Because I'm not from America. Like, I'm not. I don't know anything about politics, yeah. like knowing all of that. But I know that being black doesn't mean that you're definitely liberal or being, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's saying that, I was like, oh, okay. So because Gulf City is conservative, you cannot have black people in it. Because that will make them liberal. That was like such an like, ignorant thing to say. And I was like, wow. It just, yeah. yeah. And I, I can't understand that too. So I think... A lot of people here, they have to, I know it's, you've been living here and like, in a little bubble, like a lot of people are homeschooled, I respect that too, but at least find a way to know about others and what others think and what, I mean, I, I'm not gonna tell anyone to just have a flag or thing, oh, Black Lives Matter, I'm not gonna tell you to do that, but at least know about those things and know how to approach people when they talk to you, you know? Yeah. So I think that's important. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, speaking like sort of about your family, um, you came here to study, um, but they're all still in Haiti, and for the record, I'm sure like bursting with pride for you. Um, and recently, um, Haiti suffered a hurricane, um, an earthquake, and an assassination. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, one of those would be enough to worry about, but so three, I, I can't even imagine. Um, so with, with those things in mind, do you ever worry about your family? And if so, and I, I imagine you do, how do you process and, and, and work through that? Okay, so one of my closest friends, she asked me what was my greatest fear. I was struggling to find it, but I think I find it. My greatest fear is like waking up one day and realize that I got no family. I'm worried about it a lot, like a lot. Cause I have like, you know, there's a lot of news in Haiti, like every time you woke up and you look up on your phone, they say, okay, 
this person got killed today. Okay, wow. And I call my mom, are you okay? Yes, I am. And this person got kidnapped today. Okay, I call my mom. Like, it's like, it's so weird. And the earthquake also, like, that was terrible too. But it was in the south, not like where my mom and my family live. So that wasn't like really like hurting me that much. But it still hurt because there was people that have family in the south that died too. So it's like, I don't know. That's my greatest fear. It's like I'm really afraid. Like I just can't express it as I said, but yeah. Yeah. Um, you told me once that you've gotten really good at being brave for your family. Um, which again, I, you're so awesome. But uh, during, during those rare times mm -hmm. that you mentioned when you just can't because it's, it's too much, um, you, you said that it's just a complete shutdown. Um, so could you elaborate a little bit more about, about that and maybe share what pulls you back um, when, when those times happen? Uh, yeah, so, wow, it's hard. Because, I don't know, that happened to me Okay, last semester that happened to me too. And I don't know, sometimes I don't, I, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who just go to people and be like, oh, and the thing is how I grew up too. One of my friends was like, you can go to the counseling center, but I just feel like it's so different. I mean, I know it's not, first of all, the person that is talking to me, they didn't leave my story and also they are different than me. And I feel really, thick. if I'm talking to something that is like, because it's all at once, it's being on campus, being like non-diversity, being away from my family. It's a lot of things like together. It's like yeah. how to process all of that. Yeah. And I didn't really worry about it like until I was in Haiti. But because I am in America, I will say, okay, I'm different. So that's something too, because I didn't know that that was a problem too. You know, it's like a lot of things going on in my mind. So it's like, I sometimes I woke up and forget the, which day it is mm -hmm. and I don't know which class I'm taking. I will go to a class and was like, who's that? <laughs> I, it was terrible. Like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny at that time. It was, it was really terrible. Like, yeah. 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 I miss, like, I literally forget even who I was. I was like, wow. I can't think. I just can't. And when I say I can't think, it's I can't. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what do you do in... In, in those times to sort of cope? Yeah, so I believe in God more than anything else. So I look for it. And I do believe that my dad, he's not, I'm not a person who believes in that. But I believe in his word. So I read his songs. And he has been through more than, like much more things than I did. And I was like, he didn't make it. I mean, he made it, he made it. Cause he, he did what he wanted to do. But I was like, I want to make it further than you do. And I want to show the people not, it also like, I can do it, but like that you are a great person and that God exists because of what you said, but also because of the word that he puts in you. So I want to show that to people too. Yeah. So yeah, it's God. And also like the Beatrice picture, I was like, oh, okay. I look at it and I was like, okay, there's a reason to, mm -hmm. to just do it. Um, so Seed here, you mentioned is um, one of your favorite things about Grove City College. Mm -hmm. um, could you share, uh, one, what that is, um, as well as some of the other high points or your favorite things um, that you've found here so far? Yeah, okay, Seed is like, it's for international and minorities. So it's like where, like, 
I go and people like me go, oh, like everyone who wants to know about like people, like different difference and people from minorities. So I really loved it because I met my like one of my best friend there too, and her name was Julia. Right. Yeah. And this is this is the most important thing. Like this is a gift. It was a gift because I mean I'm like a minorities. But also, there's a lot of minorities, and I think it's important for people here to get to know others. Like, I'm like a black person, a Haitian, and there's African American, and there's like Asian and stuff like this. Julia was Asian, and she was from South Korea, and I love her so much. And I learned a lot of things about South Korea, and that was like really good. Mm -hmm. And she's not here anymore. Which is really hurt. Like that hurts me every single day. I'm sorry. And this is one of the reasons he's not here. It's because of this, and I'm not afraid to say because that hurts me every time I think of it. So I think having like see this is really important. But people have to like we are here on a campus. It's really hard for you to come and see. Oh, there's minorities when you're living your life and was like, oh, my parents sent me here and that's it. I know it's kind of hard to see other people, but kind of think of them at least, because they are here and some of them are struggling, and they they need you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Just just to be clear, yours, Julia um, unfortunately left because of the lack of diversity and, and, and yes. lack of yeah. support. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very sad. Yeah. Um, Okay, this is my last question for Ebony, and then if any of you have any questions, Rue will come around um, with the mic. But if there's um, one message you'd like for us to leave with, or anything else you'd like to share um, that you haven't so far, what would that be? <laughs> wow. That's hard. It's a big question. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really serious. I try to be serious. But I don't know. And I think it's something that a lot of people like, don't know about me. I have a great roommate. She knows that. Where, where, where is she? That's her. But where? <laughs> right oh, there. And a lot of people know that about me. I think um, if I can't be myself in around people, that means that there's something wrong with it. So yeah. just know that. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, OK. Well, that's all the questions I have. If any of you have any questions for Ebony, you can ask them now. Or if you don't have any, that's fine too. Oh, wait, where's she still? I mean, I can yell, but that's not I was just wondering, uh, with your music, uh, what do you plan to do, or do you have any sort of vision for the type of music that you will be making and writing? Oh, thank you for asking it. So, okay, so I'm music education, just so everybody knows. And I do music education, it's not only I do, because it was like music education, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> my life is like, okay. Um, but I want to do, like I write a lot of songs, but also I wanna translate my dad's songs and write them because they're like kind of like old thing, you know, patient <laughs> song. But I wanna change them and make them modern and yeah. sing them. So pretty much that's what I want to do with my dad's song and the song that I'm gonna vote and be my own person. Yeah. Yeah. 
Any other questions there any? Oh. Um, how did you get from the school you were going to in Indiana to Grove City? Like, how did you transition from the one school to the other? So yeah, I missed it. No, no, <laughs> that's totally fine. <laughs> okay, so um, there is, I used to go to a Bible study in Maine, and there are some great people there, and the grandson was going to Grove City, and they were like, oh my gosh, Grove City is a great school. It is, indeed it is. And they were like, it is a great school. You can go there. I think it's really important. And I was like, okay. So... From, in, from Taylor University, there's a lot of things that happened with COVID because literally they wanted me to go there. So I went there in January and COVID started and I ended up being like by myself. And it was like horrible. So they were like, okay, we're, you're gonna transfer you. And this is the transcript thing. Oh, right, right. Because they were like, in Go City, I was like doing my application. And they were like, okay, so we want your transcript. And I was like, good. I called my school back at home and I was like, can you send me my transcript? Like, ah, games went to the school and they take everything so we don't have a transcript. There's nothing that we can do. And I was like, do you have like it on a computer? But in Haiti, computer. He was like, uh, <laughs> we can't do that. It was terrible. So I texted the school and I was like, I told them what happened. And I called my other school and I was like, can you send the transcript for them? And they were, oh no, we can't do that because school doesn't trans like transfer stuff. And we prayed about it and we wait a week and we called them again and we're like, you have to do it because I have to transfer like I want to and the school in Haiti can't do it. And they were okay, so we're going to send it. They sent it to Go City and that's how I ended up here. So. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was crazy, but I'm happy. I'm really glad I'm here. Yeah. Oh wait, bro. Oh, or okay. Um, quick question. So you had said, um, I think growing up, your dad always said like the Lord will provide um, when it comes to like, finances, finances and things. So I was curious, like, if you had like stories or anything of like how you saw God provide for your family, like during. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of, I, so I wanted to mention one, but I think it's, there's a lot of craziness. I, I don't want, because culturally, people might say, oh, it's crazy, but it happened. So there was this time, and I'm gonna be straightforward. So we didn't have a lot of food at our house. And I remember my dad used to repair phone at the church. For he just do it. He was conducting forest repairing. He does everything. <laughs> so he was repairing this phone, which didn't work for maybe two years, something like this. And he was like, this is a great phone, and we have to get it ongoing. And that Saturday, he wanted to stay at home and pray, because that's all he said he used to do. And my mom was like, no, you know, I'm going to pray, but you can just go to church. And I think, like, I try to like just do everything I can so we can feed the children. So he went to the church and he was conducting and all of that, but he didn't feel like 
it was okay because we didn't know what we we're gonna eat and stuff like this and he was like okay i'm just gonna do my song and stuff like this so while conducting a phone was ringing in the back and there was one person like one of his friends was like hey john your phone is ringing i don't know what is happening to it and he took the phone that was his dad and his dad was like he lives in the u.s and he was like hey i'm sending you uh, food and it stopped it shut completely down and i was like okay and wow. after a week there was like two trucks of food that came out of the house wow. and he told my mom what happened and he was like you know the phone that i was using he was like yes it wins. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the thing is, it wins and it never works after that. Never, ever works. And my dad was like, my, my dad called my, the grand, my grandfather, and he was like, what happened? Because you called me. You never called me in the phone. But why you choose to call me? He was like, I don't know. I didn't call you, yeah, but I know you're always in the church. And I was like, okay, I'm going to call you. And that's what happened. And he said, do you know that the, the phone doesn't work? He was like, I don't care, I just don't want it to send you food. But he didn't really care, but my dad was like, gosh, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Hi. Hi. Uh, where do you see yourself in 10 years, and do you plan to go back to Haiti to live? Wow, that's a great question. So in 10 years, I'm really ambitious. I want to tell you that. So, and if I'm not known for being a singer, at least I'm not known to be brave enough to pursue my dream. Absolutely, yeah. So in 10 years, I would like to see myself singing in a stadium maybe full of many thousand people and singing my, my song and my dad's song. And I don't know if I'm planning on going in Haiti because it would be really hard for me to accomplish that dream going back home. but. Of course, I want to do something for my country. Actually, we have a mission in Haiti, and it's like we have a school, like the church, like the thing that I am in, the choir and the mission. So we have a school, we have a church, and we have more than 300 children that were like helping with the school. So it's a lot. I would then go and lead my people because I want to be there for them. So that's what I want to do. Can I come to that concert when you're rich and famous? Hmm? Can I come to that concert when you sing your dad's song when of you're rich and famous? Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for sharing about your experience of being a person of color on campus and how hard it's been. Uh, I'm really sorry that's your experience. If there's one thing that you would change about diversity culture to be more welcoming to people like you, what would it be? It's kind of hard. I don't know. Um, I think, first of all, I want to say Bosley is doing pretty much, yeah. They are doing something. I can't say that they are not. They are. It's just really hard because it's the culture of the school, and there's a lot of things that you can just, like, take down like that. Cause, and I can understand that. I'm not crazy. I cannot say, like, oh, Bosley should be all that. No. It's just, like, what I mean is, like, the students who are here, who are here sorry, they just try to get to know people. And like the guy that I was talking to that said that if they had like a little bit of knowledge about like diversity and stuff, he wouldn't say that, you know? 
So get to know other people, get to know like culture, get to know like stuff like this, read books, more books. I, I don't, I'm not a good reader, but at least read books about it. And if you see someone he's like by himself or minority, go talk to them. At least this is something that you can do easily. I mean, if it's not easy for you, make someone else do it. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. I felt lonely sometimes. And I was like, if someone could just say, hey, how are you? I've been seeing you. If they only say something like that, I feel I've been like, I've... because in my culture, my community, we are like this. We love people. We just, I don't know. We, when we say, like, how are you? It's not like, hi, I'm good, and we're done. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, what's up? Well, how is your day? What's happening? Sorry for whoever. We'll be talking. So, you know, it's like, this little thing can make a change, you know? Mm -hmm. You're very popular. I mean, there's a lot of questions tonight. <laughs> Hi, uh, are there any like um, particular foods that are kind of unique to Haiti that you miss, that you find hard to find in the United States? <laughs> okay, so there's something, there's, oh, there's a, okay, one thing is in January 1st, Haitian has something that they do, it's like a soup, it's really good. And I haven't had it. That's What's it called? Good. It's like soup jum. Oh yeah, like I said, I barely speak English, so I, <laughs> I love it. I missed it a lot. So, it's okay though, you know. But I miss it. So, Yeah. Any other questions for anyone? Oh, maybe one. I was wondering, how is your family doing with knowing that you're in the U.S.? Like, are they, do they understand what you're doing at Grove City College? And I know they support you and everything, but I'm sure it's difficult for them as well, so maybe you could explain that. Yeah, so, uh, I talk to them, I feel bad sometimes, because I wanted, you know, there's something that people, it's really hard for them to understand, it's like, when you are from a culture, like a different country too, like Haiti, it's like a poor country, everyone knows that. They look up to you, like they, they think like, okay, you are doing this, you gotta do it well, because mm -hmm. you're gonna do something. And sometimes like a lot of pressure. My mom, they are my best friends, I love them a lot. But it's kind of hard, because I wanna do well, but because of all my background and a lot of things I've been through, and it, my education too, it's kind of hard to, just be ahead. It's not easy. But they look up to me a lot and was like, oh, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And you can show other people that they can too. But I love them a lot. They love me a lot. And they want me to do well. And I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have any words of encouragement for those who are minorities, um, just so that like we can keep moving forward and keep staying strong here. Um, so I also had a friend who dropped out due to the lack of diversity. So, any words of encouragement? Um, it might be different from one of the other, but I realized that I don't do that a lot. But 
if you feel like you're really alone, if you can find me, find someone who is alone too, who is not probably not minorities. But I think there's a lot of people that they're not really minorities, but they are they have a lot of struggle too. Find them and know that you know I have struggle, you have struggle too. We can help each other. Mm -hmm. So I think you can do that. That will help the community. Yeah. I really gotta make it up back to stage. Just wanna the background. Hi, Emily. I was just wondering, um, is the same type of like uh, problems that we're talking about with like. Uh, people just struggling as a minority on campus. Does that happen in, in the churches around the area, or uh, is it? Or and also, the, uh, what church do you go to? Do a lot of people, minorities, go to that church? What, what's the scene? Okay, interesting. So I go to. Thank you for the question. So I go to OPC Presbyterian Church. There's. I mean, there's not a lot of minorities in it. Sometimes, sometimes, I can be the only black person. But I know there's some other people that goes there too. But it's okay. But for me, sometimes, I feel like, wow, there's no, no one like me. But I don't think there's any like bad thing, like, oh, they are saying stuff that are not good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can talk about like little things like slavery, and I feel like, oh, slavery. I'd be like, okay, I'm black. I guess like everyone here is white. So you know, you know, sometimes you're like, ah. But but that happened in class at Gosley too. Because sometimes when they are talking about those stuff like this, you know, when you're two in a class, you can look at each other and say, yeah. But when you're one, it's like, ah, oh, I have to deal with that. You know? So it's like there's no like racism at church. Maybe there is, like, I don't know, but I don't really care. Like, they don't really do anything bad to me. They keep it for themselves, it's okay. But I love the community, yeah. But I love the community. They are really good people, and I love, yeah, I love the church, yeah. Is OPC the, the, uh, the not, like, race, not, 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 like, race, like, exterior all-white church that's, like, um, if you walk out of campus and just go straight towards, like, that park and then turn right, is that the one that it is? I think, yes, I think so, yeah. My moment is, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Okay. I, I've actually been there one time. Yeah. Surprisingly. Um, any other questions? No? Okay, well, Ebony, thank you so much for doing this. You're totally awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a few weeks for part eight.